0: grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. Amen. You can take my word for it. It's absolutely true. I swear on a stack of Bibles, my word is as good as gold. My word and my handshake, that's all you need. Oh, and by the way, the check is in the mail. We've heard these words before, haven't we? We've heard people tell us what we want to hear. We've heard people make promises. And we've learned over time to be very skeptical. People's word is not always their bond, people's word is not always trustworthy and true. People make promises, people break promises. People have good intentions. People lie. My friends, we have grown that when we hear people speak, when we hear a word, we approach it with skepticism. Even from little on, the little one, when mom or dad is unavoidably caught at work, when they had promised to do something with their young child, When the parent walks in, what are the first words the little one says? You lied to me. Those words hurt. Those words cut. Those words are spot on. My friends, today, as we consider God's word from Luke chapter 5, the miraculous catch of fish, the call of the first disciples, the sons of thunder, Peter, James, and John. I'd like to focus on a phrase that Peter said to Jesus when Jesus said, go out and go fishing again. Peter said, at your word, Lord, at your word, I will do it. Can you imagine the scene that was going on? The disciples were upset. The disciples were frustrated. Their job was to fish. They caught fish. They sold the fish. They made money. That was their job. That was their vocation. They were frustrated with their work and their vocation. They had toiled all night and had caught nothing. So there was only one thing left for them to do, wash their nets, go home, maybe have an adult beverage, take a nap and go back at it again tomorrow. And while they were washing their nets, here comes this Jesus, this, this preacher. And what does this preacher do? He preaches. There was such a large crowd that was there. He got into one of the boats, pushed out a little bit from the shore, and created his own amphitheater. Exactly what he preached on this particular occasion, we don't know. But we know that he preached, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God, Jesus himself, is there. When he was done preaching, Peter miraculously is still there he must have been listening at least in part as he was putting away his equipment and looking forward or perhaps not looking forward to the next great fishing adventure when Jesus is done preaching Jesus looks at Peter and he says hey Peter let's go fishing put out into the deep water let your nets down Jesus is the son of a carpenter. Jesus knows nothing, humanly speaking, of the vocation of fishing. Peter tries to explain, "Uh, Teacher, we've been fishing all night. We know what we're doing. We caught nothing. And then Peter, with a spark of faith, says, But at your word. At your word, we will let down the nets. The rest is quite literally a miracle. They fished where there shouldn't have been any fish. They fished at a time of day when there shouldn't have been any fish. And yet their nets were so full of fish that they were breaking. They filled up two boats and they were sinking. In a sense, Peter had just won the lottery. Imagine how much money he was going to make. By selling all these fish. With Jesus on his side and with Jesus in his boat, there was no stopping him. Peter and company fish markets all over the world. An Old Testament, New Testament version of Bubba Gump. But that was not to be. You would have thought Peter's reaction would be one of sheer joy and jubilation. But something happened in Peter. He saw this miraculous catch of fish for what it was. Not only a financial windfall, but he saw it as actually standing in the presence of God himself. Jesus had claimed to be the Messiah, the Christ, God in the flesh. And this miracle taught Peter, and it teaches us, that Jesus really is who he says he is. Every miracle does that, you know. Every miracle, whether it be a a fishing miracle, Jesus walking on water, healing the sick, raising the dead, turning water into wine. Every miracle teaches us that Jesus is no mere mortal. Jesus is God in the flesh, manifest for us. And every miracle teaches us one more thing. It's a preview of coming attractions. It's a preview of the mother of all miracles, where Jesus, who is dead in the tomb, comes back to life, never to die again. Peter, when confronted with the reality that he is standing in the very presence of God, can only do one thing he falls down to his knees. He confesses he's not worthy. He's a sinner. Get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I don't deserve to be in your presence. My friends, when you come face to face with the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what do you think? How do you act? God is holy. You are not. Is that a nothing to you? Or like Peter, are you driven to your knees? Are you reminded of your past, your past sins, your past failures? All the times when you could have, should have, but didn't. My friends, realizing that you are in the very presence of a thrice-holy God changes you. It calls you to repentance. It drives you to your knees. Peter wasn't worthy. We are not worthy. What does Jesus do with poor, miserable sinners like you or me? What does Jesus do with people who are truly unworthy like you and me? He loves them. He forgives them. He forgives you. He forgives me. That's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come into this world to give fishing lessons. Jesus didn't come into this world to give us a a good example and make us feel miserable because we can't live up to that example. Jesus came into this world because we are not worthy. Jesus came into this world to save poor, miserable sinners like us. Jesus came here precisely, God in the flesh to place himself under the holy, condemning law, the law that condemns us, Jesus fulfilled. Jesus comes into this world, flesh and blood, to take our place, to be our substitute, to take the hit, to take our place on an old rugged cross, bleeding and dying, the agony death that we deserve. Jesus does that for you, for me, for the life of the world. But that's not the end. Jesus, when his stone cold body is placed in the tomb, Jesus didn't stay dead. Three days later, never to die again, Jesus burst forth from the tomb. And his life, his death, and his resurrection, he gives to you in the same way that he gave that miraculous catch of fish to Peter. My friends, today, whatever you've been, whatever you've done Know that Christ is with you, loving you totally, perfectly, completely, promising, never will I forgive you, never will I forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Knowing that our sins are forgiven, that our names are written in God's book of life, we take a different perspective on the word of God like Peter when Jesus tells us something in his word rather than scorning it ignoring it we say Lord at your word I will do it at your word I will love you at your word I will serve one another at your word I will be the best husband wife mom dad boss worker citizen that I can be I cling to your word I trust your word because you cannot lie and for all those times when we've ignored the sure and certain word of God For all those times when we thought we had better words than the Lord Jesus himself. For all those sins and more. Christ's blood covers you. Christ's blood covers me. Christ's blood says, my son, my daughter, I love you. I forgive you. I will never leave you. I am with you always. Trust my word. Cling to my word. I will never, ever let you down. My friends, this is your promise. Today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts our minds, our ears, and our words in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.